Welcome to Tech on Deck podcast brought to you by Fidelity Investments. I'm your host, Maureen Olajars, Domain Leader, Software Engineering, and Adam Ely, Chief Information Security Officer. Each episode takes listeners inside the walls of a fintech industry. Anything from cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, cloud, and crypto, to the intersection of product and technology. Tech on Deck breaks down the topics top of mind for technologists today. Plus, we'll give you insight into the exciting and challenging careers in fintech. Welcome back to season two of Tech on Deck, where we will continue to take our listeners inside the walls of the fintech industry. We're thrilled with our guest lineup for season two, all of whom are making innovative strides as tech leaders at Fidelity. We're so excited to take you along on this journey with us as we continue to chat with these leaders on the topics that are top of mind for technologists around the globe. And for today's session, October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month, which is why we're going to turn the tables today and I'll be interviewing Adam, our Chief Information Security Officer at Fidelity. All right, so I get the hot seat for a change. So thankfully, I won't be taking Maureen's questions solo as we also have a second guest host today uh, for this first episode of season two, Rob Hussey. Rob is on my team as an information security officer for personal investing. So welcome, Rob. Thank you both for having me on. So this October marks the 20th anniversary of Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and it's a great time to expand and strengthen our cybersecurity mindsets. Can you talk to us about the significance of Cybersecurity Awareness Month and how we amplify it across Fidelity? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, first of all, I can't believe it's been 20 years that we've had Cybersecurity Awareness Month. It doesn't feel uh, that way, but it's a great thing that we have in this day and age. Cybersecurity is this existential threat to every company. It doesn't matter the size or the industry. So taking just a moment, just taking a few weeks to say, hey, there's this threat that can affect consumers, that can affect employees, that can affect national and critical infrastructure is a great, just reasonable thing to do. And, and so here at Fidelity, we spend not only the month, but all the way throughout the year thinking about this, communicating this, and talking to everybody in the company about how we can be better to protect the company. But we also put out tips and communication for our customers about how they can protect themselves, either with their Fidelity accounts or in the rest of their lives. So Adam, can you share with us, you know, what exactly do you mean when you talk about embracing a cybersecurity mindset? Yeah, it's one of my kind of buzzwordy kind yeah, of things that I, that I run around with, uh, for sure. What I'm saying there, and really what the team is saying, because I don't want to take all the credit, but what the team is saying there is, in everything that we're trying to do in our lives or in our jobs, we should think about the risk. We should think about how the actions that we take or the actions that we don't take can negatively affect us. If I click on that link, will I be possibly compromising my account? If I design technology a certain way, am I creating a risk for hackers to get into the organization? So while we're thinking about what we're trying to achieve and these, these great features, this great technology, we also have to have that security mindset of thinking, how can things go wrong? So how do we protect all the people that rely upon the, that technology that we're building? Wow, that makes a lot of sense. In your role as Fidelity's Chief Information Security Officer, you lead a team of professionals who are responsible for protecting the firm and our customers. Can you share a little bit about what they're responsible for each day? Absolutely. So we have over a thousand associates on the, on the cybersecurity team, um, spanning 
three countries, multiple time zones within countries, and they come from all walks of life. We have people who entered their career through technology. We have people who entered their career not through technology, but then came to Fidelity. Uh, we have people that came from non-technology roles within inside of Fidelity, mm-hmm. uh, and people that have majored in just about everything you can think of, which makes for some really interesting debates and conversations from day to day. But this collective, if you boil down their mission, the core of their job, the core of their day-to-day, the core of their uh, role within Fidelity is thinking about how bad things happen in the world and trying to educate everyone, build technology processes and defenses to try to counter that and work with people so that it's not binary. It's not about, yes, you can do that. No, you can't do that. But it's There's a thing that we all collectively want to do as a company, and part of that thing is being secure. So how can they work with everyone across the company to make sure we're launching new products, new services, that we're we're doing these new initiatives, but we're doing them with that security mindset, that we're doing them with security top of mind to manage that risk for our consumers, our clients, and, and our employees. That's great. And a lot of what we see here is that passion that you all bring, as well as the knowledge around that and then make it connect with all of our, whether it's our our associates, our product owners, our engineering leads, you know, business folks, so that they can actually operate the right way every day. And that's where we're really lucky with the makeup of our team. Mm -hmm. We have people that came from three-letter government agencies. We have people from military. We have people from the commercial sector, from big companies, small companies, startups, U.S. companies, overseas companies. We have diversity makeup of background, social, economic, gender, race. Because we have such diversity in how people look at the world, when we go out to work with people in other functions, technology, business, even some of our clients, it's easier for us to see the world through their, through their eyes, understand the pressures they have, understand the outcomes they're trying to achieve, and then figure out those solutions, whether it's a technical solution and we're building technology or it's a process solution. It really, really helps us. I think that's great. And since we have Rob here as a guest, Rob, I'm gonna reach out to you and just ask, you know, as an information security officer, can you tell us about your overall responsibilities in the firm? Sure, happy to. Um, As information security officers at Fidelity, we call ourselves trusted advisors and we wanna be viewed as trusted advisors of the business units that we support. Um, We also want to help business um, partners accelerate, but do it in a secure way. We're not not there to block things, but we want to make sure that folks are doing things in a secure way. The way that we're organized in in the ISO team um, in cybersecurity is each line of business has a dedicated ISO team to consult with and answer questions on cybersecurity. And I think if I look, if I think about the work that we do, it's really broken down into like five areas of focus. Um, the first one is around engagement, um, and that's both on the client side and on the internal partner side, our business partners with Infidelity. So on the client side, we engage with, with a broader team and meet with potential and existing clients to educate them on our cybersecurity cyber posture and make sure that they understand our commitment to cybersecurity, our people, um, as Adam mentioned, um, the backgrounds and certifications. Yeah. Um, at Fidelity. Internally with partners, um, we also want to embed as much as possible within our our RBUs and ensure that uh, security and cybersecurity is prioritized into their roadmaps, into their capabilities, and into their products that are coming down down the pike. The other area I would say that we get involved in is um, security advisory. So through the engagement that I mentioned before, 
we, we want to ensure that our partners are uh, leveraging the capabilities um, and the processes that cybersecurity provides uh, to help mitigate risk in their environment. One area that gets pretty exciting is uh, cyber health and risk reduction. So this is where, um, as ISOs, we provide a line of sight to our business partners into here's how things look uh, in, in, in your group, here's the health, here's any issues and your risk posture, and we provide consulting on which ones to tackle first um, and, and go after from a mitigation standpoint through reporting. And we also um, get involved in uh, vulnerability remediation, uh, monitoring, and managing those ish issues to closure. On the regulatory side, uh, the ISOs get involved in, in supporting our business partners that are subject to regulations. Fidelity is a diverse, very diverse company. There's many regulations that are imposed on, on different PUs, and um, we support them through um, participating in exams, uh, board presentations, making sure that we are properly describing our cybersecurity program here in our, mm -hmm. in our posture to those, to those regulators. And then finally, lastly, I would say, and this is really a foundational um, activity that we do from the ISO office, is education and awareness. Um, so this is across the entire company, as Adam mentioned, through especially next month uh, in October. Uh, but we educate, we advise, we influence activities with, uh, with cyber risk implications uh, with our business partners. And we do that, like we drop into staff meetings, we'll, we'll drop into a quarterly all hands with our BUs, and we'll try to provide sort of relevant, timely cybersecurity topics and updates that, that sort of hit the mark in those settings. So that's how I would explain kind of the five areas of focus from the ISO space. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Uh, so that's really great. And as I think about uh, Fidelity and uh, the programs that you're all running, um, you know, they continue to get stronger, more connected to associates. And when I think about our, the growth in the firm over the past couple of years, people onboard into this, right? So they come into the firm and you're already helping them with, you know, it can be phishing, it can be, you know, all, all manner of things that I'm sure we'll go through later in the interview here. But thanks for sharing that. So if we take a step back and look at the broad state of cybersecurity, what are some of the increasing trends we're seeing by cyber criminals and threat actors? Yeah, I think it, it's really interesting. I said this a couple of years ago, and I feel like it was true then, truer statement now. This is simultaneously the best time and the worst time to be in cybersecurity. There are so many interesting things that are happening, but it's become an even more challenging job for day-to-day -day practitioners in cybersecurity groups like ours. The number of attacks are rising year over year. I think the last that I saw said something like 7%. Uh, I think it's actually much bigger based on uh, larger data sets that we're now starting to look at. We're seeing uh, geopolitical attacks that are increasing um, every conflict that we're seeing in the world has some sort of cyber element to it now as well that we have to watch. And so it used to be that we could only just be technologists and then we had to understand tech and policy, but now we have to understand global affairs as well, which is very challenging. Um, additionally, we're still seeing a lot of attacks uh, that are leading to ransomware and stolen personal information of people, which is always is always concerning. So we're seeing these attackers continue to find ways to monetize every technique they have to demand ransoms, take companies offline, work for other cyber criminals. And as we look out on the horizon, there's emerging technology. So uh, artificial intelligence is leading to deep fake videos and voice 
which in turn is being used to defraud people either uh, for the theft of personal information or the theft of financial accounts or anything in between. So it's a bit of a, a dizzying space at the, at the moment. I think it would be fair to say after that description that it's a group that doesn't sleep. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't get to sleep very much. That's right. So um, recognizing you don't have a crystal ball, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges as we look out a year, three years or so, and what keeps you up at night? Yeah, so when I look out really at the, at the landscape, I think I probably always worry about roughly the same things. It's just new variances of those things. So the fact that cyber criminals are getting better and more efficient and they're faster, they're leveraging the same technology that technologists at like big scale companies are leveraging. They run their operations in the cloud. They automate. They're using AI in their attacks. The fact that the cost of technology is coming down to the to where attackers can use it and they can attack companies faster and have a higher success rate, they can just automate those attacks. That means that we as a company and, and really all companies need to be able to move faster and defend faster and respond to the signals they see while also using that same automation and that same uh, artificial intelligence. And then I think the, the evergreen thing that stays on my mind and I sort of mentioned it is that as technology continues to change and those attackers get better, we just have to continue to think about how the world around us changes. So if, if the products that we launch change our risk profile in some way, we have to make sure that we're countering that, that risk before we launch that, that new product. If uh, vendors, um, you know, the big cloud providers, if they're changing how they operate, we have to think about how that changes our risk profile. So it's the ever-changing nature of technology that leads to the ever-changing nature of cybersecurity, which, back to the earlier comment, means I don't get to sleep, unfortunately. <laughs> That's right. So, thanks, Adam. That's really helpful. So Adam, if we build on what we've just been talking about, how do you think about uh, cybersecurity, right? We work really hard, you, yeah. you and the organization, you know, um, really drive that across Fidelity as an enterprise. But how do you look at how Fidelity and how do you decide how Fidelity matches up against peers in the industry? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. First and foremost, I think cybersecurity is a team sport. No individual practitioner and no company can go at it alone. We all have to share ideas, new trends that we're seeing, cyber intelligence between us. We staff our own cyber intelligence uh, team here at Fidelity that is constantly looking at what criminals are talking about, what actions they're taking. That team works with other companies, some of which may be competitors in the market, because we all have the same shared goal, which is to protect our companies, protect our customers. That's the job. So we share that as much as we can. But the way that I think about it is, uh, is through scenarios. How are attackers trying to attack us and what are their objectives? So is it they're trying to break in to, to steal money or break into an individual account or intellectual property or research notes or whatever it might be? And we think about those scenarios and we form the risk scenarios around those objectives. And we look at what controls we have in place that can help protect us and where we should invest. And we do this not only through our own internal assessments, but we leverage several uh, external companies that come in and assess our security controls. And these might be very specific things. They might be uh, 
you know, looking at just how we do software development and the security lifecycle there. Or they may be looking at the maturity of our overall operation. So we have a different set of external firms that come in and they audit us and they measure that and they do real live red teaming testing, trying to break in. And we get those results and, and we work with those partners. That's how we really test ourselves and know how well we're doing. We take that and we prioritize that um, and think about for every dollar we spend, how can we buy down the most risk possible? And the whole idea is buying down risk, eliminating as much risk as possible, and that's how we do our prioritization. That work, though, uh, has some really great outcomes. It leads us to having uh, a high-functioning uh, team that's very high maturity. It leads to the ISO certifications that we have. It leads to us being able to generate this evidence in industry that we really care about this, that we're doing a lot, and that we continue uh, to work at it because the world around us continues to change. Raising the bar every day. I mean, we have to. The, yeah. the attackers are, so we have to as well. Right. Thank you. That's really helpful. Bring it back to staying cyber safe in our day-to-day -day lives. What are some of the things that we need to, that we all should be vigilant about? Yeah. So, I, and that's the thing is, I, I, I always try to boil things down to what are the actions that an individual can take and then build off of there. So if I think about us in our personal lives, and this is going to, to the technical listeners, this is going to sound repeated probably from your own company's uh, Cyber Awareness Month uh, information, but the very first thing is just think about how secure your accounts are everywhere online. Start with your, your mobile provider and your email provider. That's the chain of trust to your online identity right there. So turn on the multi-factor, and I know everybody tells you that, but it really is good advice. Turn on the multi-factor. Be a little suspicious of the things you see. Question them when they come in. If you get something that says, oh, you know, you, you have to reset your password because something's not working. Ask yourself, is there a reason that it wasn't working? It, should you actually click that link? And then continue through your life uh, and take actions such as freezing your credit report. Uh, make sure that you can't be a victim of identity theft. And the reason I start there versus on the bigger enterprise things is, I think we as individuals have to focus on protecting ourselves so then we can actually be in that mindset to then work with other people or be in that mindset when we're in our jobs, when we're in our roles. So we have to start closest to, to home, if, if you will. Rob, we'd love to hear from you as we build on what can individuals do, you know, themselves to stay vigilant about cybersecurity. Yeah, absolutely. In addition to what Adam had mentioned, I would add in a few things. Um, one of them, you know, always keep your devices updated, whether it's your mobile device or, or your laptops. Uh, accept those updates. Uh, don't, don't snooze them off. Uh, they're, they're important from a security standpoint to keep those up to date. From a social engineering standpoint, we're seeing, um, you know, it's not just emails anymore. It's coming in through various channels, um, whether it's through SMS or real voice phone calls. So just be, be vigilant when people reach out to you and you don't know who it is. And then lastly, I would say, you know, in the spirit of um, Cybersecurity Awareness Month, just helps to spread the word with, with family, with friends, um, help them out and, and get the word out there from a cybersecurity standpoint to be vigilant. Yeah, thanks. That's really helpful. Let's go into some background, right? So if we think about folks in cybersecurity and, you know, what's your background? What drew you into cybersecurity at Fidelity? I think the I think I answer both of those questions uh, with one answer. Um, so I, I started my career as a co-op uh, here at Fidelity. I attended a university locally in Boston area, 
And my first um, co-op or an internship uh, was our, with our internal audit group here at Fidelity in the IT group. And um, coming from an engineering standpoint, I was always really into computers, um, but it gave me exposure to the work that that audit group was doing to interrogate systems to make sure that they're configured correctly, look for vulnerabilities and things like that. So my internship, my project that summer was around, you know, we had... Uh, the group had some uh, shell scripts that were written to go against Unix operating systems. And this was the time when Linux, and I'm aging myself, Linux was just beginning to um, become accepted in the corporate environment. And we had some, I think, non-production um, instances out there. So I, my, my role was to port the Unix shell scripts to the, the Linux uh, shell scripts. So it gave me a good opportunity to learn about um, security. And I think that's where I got the bug, um, yeah. because ever since yeah. then I've been... I've been into cybersecurity. I've been here for a long time, Maureen, as you know, 22 years and, and roles in various roles across cybersecurity. Uh, I did a quick count coming in. I think I've had seven roles uh, averaging around three, three years each in each of those roles. So. Oh, I think that's great. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> as a co-op student, I like that. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know you'd been here 22 years. It's a long time. Yeah, I just learned something. That's awesome. Congrats. That's it was amazing. like just yesterday. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Adam, would you like to share? Sure. You know, my story my story's a little different. I got interested in technology and very specifically cybersecurity at a young age, uh, the story goes. I was using a computer and I was trying to do something and the computer told me no and I didn't understand that. I didn't understand how the computer could tell me, the human operator, no. So this perplexed me. So I started learning the, the internals. I wanted to understand how this was possible, mostly because I wanted to tell it no. So I actually started by learning how to reverse engineer software. So I had to learn how to develop first and then reverse engineer software so I could reverse engineer these controls so that I could then break the controls so the computer would always do what I wanted it to do. So it, that's where I started. <laughs> I entered into the enterprise. Uh, I had a number of roles. I worked for some big companies, some small companies, various verticals. Uh, I founded a cybersecurity startup that was acquired, came back to enterprise. And two and a half years ago, I just I, I said yes to come to Fidelity um, because when I was talking to a few people and I said, is this a place to go? Like, I don't, I'm happy, I'm not looking. Is this a place to go? Everyone said, it's a great culture. They're driving a lot of technology over there. You're gonna see a lot of really interesting things that you probably wouldn't have thought, just looking on the outside of like financial services in, in FinTech. And then when I interviewed and I talked to people and it was all levels, it was all the way through the company, there was such a passion for tech, but also a deep passion for doing the right thing around cybersecurity and protecting our clients and our customers. I was like, this feels like a really interesting place with interesting things happening. And two and a half years in, I have yet to regret that. Excellent. That's great. So we have someone who grew up here, and we have someone who's, uh, who's had a lot of other experiences. And uh, that could be a whole other podcast, <laughs> right, <laughs> to talk through that. You know, so as we think about our audience, right, for the people who are listening here, you know, and so there may be folks out there who hearing this would say, I'd love to have a career in cybersecurity. Um, you know, what advice would you offer to them? Yeah. Rob, let's start with you. Yeah, definitely. So I would say, you know, if, if you're still in school, obviously consider um, cyber as, as a discipline or as a major or a minor. There are many schools that offer that now. 
Um, also look into um, internships or co-ops that companies provide. I had a very um, positive experience um, here at Fidelity as an intern uh, in, in the uh, audit group. Um, if you're already in a career, um, you know, I would first step back and take a look at cybersecurity, the discipline, because there's many paths uh, in product areas and things to do in cyber and see which ones are of interest to you. You can, there's engineering, there's operations, there's very specific roles within cyber. And look for some training opportunities in those areas. There's many training opportunities. There's education, you can go for formal education, or there's many sort of, you know, instructor, um, uh, self-paced uh, uh, digital opportunities there. And network within the company that you're in today. You know, reach out to the cyber group. Ask to meet with some folks. Uh, spend some time, see what they do. Uh, build your network um, within that group. And then lastly, it's always, um, I think, good to go out and take a look at um, public job listings uh, in cyber across across um, all companies to see what they're looking for, what skills they're looking for, competencies, uh, tools that they use, etc. Right. I mean, we know technology in general, there's no shortage, right? Uh, there's, a, there's a major shortage of technology talent out there. And I would imagine that as both of you as professionals in enterprise cyber, right, that that's a very hot market, right? Yeah. Uh, looking for talent. Yeah, cybersecurity is one of the most in-demand spaces right now, yeah. and it's both within the technology side of it, but we have many roles that are not technology as well, and they're all very hard to fill. And the interesting, and I'll echo something that Rob said, you know, I think one of the, the kind of pro tips for people trying to find a job is, one, look at the company you're in today. If you're, if you're already working, every cybersecurity team is trying to hire, and they're trying to find the right candidates. Um, so go and make those connections and say why you think you can do the job. Even if your resume does not show it, if you don't have the background, you didn't go to school for cybersecurity or comp sci, yeah. go have the conversation, take the swing. If you're not working or you're, you're maybe working but you wanna switch companies or locales, get out there and network with as many people. Send a note to a CISO on LinkedIn. Pick, do one a week and just send them a note and say, I'd love to pick your brain. You will find that people are more open and welcoming to those conversations than you probably realize, and it will help you get in the door and build that connection. But it'll also help you hear the signals of what people are asking, what they're looking for, and how to tell your story and your value prop, even if you're not the most technical or you don't have the classic background, but you know that you have something to apply that can help protect the company and, and, and the people that rely upon them. I think that's really great advice. Um, anything else you'd offer in that space to folks? Because I, th I think that sounds that sounds like really sage advice to people. Uh, the yeah. yeah, and the only other thing I would say, and Rob mentioned this, is we have we have different types of roles. You know, so we have product security, of incident response, all that. You know, if you know yourself uh, and you know what you like to do, go out and talk to people about where you think the type of work that you enjoy lines up. If you don't know, don't be scared to just start somewhere. Yeah and go explore and, and move around in a company, gain more skills until you find that niche that really speaks to you. Excellent, thanks. Thanks for sharing. So Rob, this has been a great conversation, but in the spirit of you know, closing out with you know, some positive messages to people, we did cover some before, but maybe let's just have you go through um, one last time, what are the things that are really important for individuals to take, take their own agency to be able to protect themselves. Yeah, sure. I, I would offer maybe three or four quick hits as we close out. I mean, I would say be vigilant. Don't get fished. Uh, be aware of things that are coming in through all your channels, uh, communication channels. 
Consider password managers uh, to manage your passwords. They offer uh, strength and complexity, and, and some of them offer auto-rotation. And then lastly, MFA, multi-factor authentication. Adam mentioned this, I think, at least twice. <laughs> Enable MFA on, the, on those accounts that matter, or, or all accounts that offer it, really. Um, it's something that should be considered to strengthen your security posture online. Wonderful. So, Rob, I'm sure there are some fun facts about you that we just need to know. Um, you know, we always love to uh, close out, you know, before we finish um, a session of our podcast. You know, what are some fun facts about you? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, I'm an avid snowmobiler. Uh, so I enjoy uh, getting out uh, in northern Maine, out in the woods, um, places where maybe there isn't cell phone service and unplug for a little bit. It's a hobby that I've been doing um, with my dad uh, now for over 20 years. Uh, and it's something that I really enjoy. So so when we go out on any given day, we, we call it a success if we, if we hit 100 miles on a day trip. When I think of fun, I think of snow, I think of the winter, and I think of snowmobiling. And Adam, let's hear from you. What's your fun fact? I don't know if this is fun, but uh, people tend to find this entertaining. I dropped out of college five times. I ended up going back. I ended up going to get a master's. Uh, then I ended up going to get another master's, which then I also dropped out of, so I guess six times technically. And now I actually teach in that second master's program. But for me, it was important for me to get in the industry and try to get that work experience because that's also how I learn and I progress. But I knew uh, at the time I needed to go back and, and finish the degree. What's interesting, I think, though, really for others listening to this is now, you know, degrees are so varied and people can start their career without a degree. But when I went to school and was entering the, uh, the career field, it was a very different thing. Mm -hmm. So I look back on that and just how different it was back then. Well, thanks so much. That's a, you know, that's really a unique story. So I think that's great. Uh, yeah, I want to thank both of you for joining us today. Adam, thank you for being gracious on flipping the script for today for um, Cybersecurity Month. And Rob, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for Tech on Deck. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you haven't yet, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you to our listeners and recording studio and editors who make our episodes possible. To learn more about tech opportunities, head over to tech.fidelitycareers.com. See you next time.